Business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM and it is 11 or 12 minutes past 12. We're talking renewable energy. We're talking something that is very close to every South African's heart. Um, cooling towers have been a feature of our landscape since I can remember as a young boy. And um, power stations have been something that South Africa has been very proud of because we've been able to generate our own power. And we've had it for many, many, many years. From there, we had the ISCORs and the ESCOMs and the Transnets and all the, all the other multinationals that came out from the development that happened in the old government. And yet, when we went into New South Africa, we really hit stumbling blocks where things were not, power stations weren't maintained, weren't kept up. But maybe what it also was, was an impetus for us to please look at what we need to do to take us into the next generation, not just the next century, but what our children are going to need for power. So it gives me great pleasure to welcome back, because I have interviewed him before, is Seydou Kane, who is the Managing Director of Eaton South Africa. Seydou, welcome back to High FM. Ali, thank you. Thank you, and uh, good afternoon to your uh, listeners and viewers. Great. Thank you so much for joining us. We don't have a lot of time because Corona sort of stole 10 minutes of our show, but let's get straight into it. We know that renewable, renewable energy is something we've spoken about all the time in South Africa for the last, I don't know how many years. Take us right to the coalface. Where are we? Where do we stand from a point of business? Are we ready to partner with government to, to, to provide what we need for people? Well, um, this is uh, obviously um, a, a, a turning point, in my view, for uh, renewable energy and, uh, and uh, the energy sector in general in, in, in South Africa. Um, where are we? I think um, South Africa has a, a fairly uh, uh, low penetration of renewable energy at this point in time uh, in the energy mix. Um, the IRP that uh, was um, uh, promulgated uh, very recently um, uh, is making a really inroad in terms of uh, diversifying and increasing significantly the portion of renewable uh, in, in, the, in the energy mix. I think there is a significant pressure from South Africa and ESCOM in particular to uh, to diversify and move away from uh, from coal, which represents more than ninety percent of the, the 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 energy mix or the, the the energy generation mix today. So, Avi, in my view, the the legislation is is evolving. Uh, the direction is set. However, uh, one can argue that you know um, we're not moving maybe fast enough in order to to really reach that point where uh, renewable energy can be uh, a, a pillar for uh, for the energy mix in, in South Africa and support uh, you know the the country in this difficult moment when it comes to to power generation and the, the issues that we're facing in the country let me ask you this if we look around the world um, we take southern hemisphere countries like Australia maybe Argentina Chile um, how far are those countries with their renewable energy plans and, and how far have they implemented them? You know, if we're looking on a similar geographic location, similar sunshine, 
have they been able to get things up and running where they're sustainable and they're functional? So um, it's interesting that you're mentioning Chile because I, I happen to have lived in Chile uh, for a few years. Uh, but uh, when you look at, uh, you know, uh, places like Chile, they, they, Chile is endowed with uh, a lot of uh, hydro. Power, right, so uh, so they, they benefit significantly for uh, for that uh, you know uh, possibility of uh, of leveraging uh, of this significant uh, uh, natural energy really because hydro is uh, is is is, uh, is completely um, uh, uh, renewable if you can put it that way. Uh, places like like Australia have started that transition and and accelerating. I mean, Australia similarly to South Africa produce a lot of coal uh, and and are in some measure facing the same type of challenges that we, we, we face in, in South Africa, right? So with the, you know, the environmental element and also the size, the sheer size of the country that also brings a, 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 an important uh, complexity when it comes to transmission. I would say that if you look at it, uh, you know, globally, probably the, the, the countries or the area that are more advanced are, are Western Europe, right? So uh, uh, there, you know, there's been a clear transition that was made and a clear decision from the regulator, from the government to support, you know, renewable energy. Is it functional? Does it work? And is it sustainable? Uh, it is. Um, and, and I think, you know, a uh, few countries that I can mention, I mean, if you look at uh, Germany, if you look at Spain, if you look at quite a number of those countries, they have made this decision. Uh, they have much less sun, uh, you know, if I take the case of Germany as, as uh, you know, South Africa or largely Africa. However, uh, you know, <clears throat> the, the the parity, you know, has been achieved. Uh, the cost of renewable uh, has dropped, uh, and, and I'm talking here particularly PV, uh, photovoltaic um, has dropped significantly. So uh, it is, it is a, 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 a technology that does work. Interesting. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, what I really want to discuss with you is the transition from coal to renewable, but specifically in South Africa, and how a microgrid works and how it can get involved. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to Husaid Khanna, who is the Managing Director of Eaton South Africa, or Eaton Southern Africa, so let's get straight into it. We, I would expect when I drive through the Karoo or drive through vast swaths of South Africa that are unpopulated, that there would be wind farms and there would be power stations generated by solar power. There's very few of that. But we have started, we sort of created a, a crack in the old regime. How far down the line are we on how quickly are we implementing going forward? Yes, Avi. I think I think you know the, the the most important to to bear in mind is that there is a fundamental shift that is operating from um, <clears throat> the centralized um, generation model, right? So the centralized model where generation, transmission, and distribution uh, uh, were under the same roof. You know, that's exactly the model that we have with ESCOM uh, as a utility, uh, and we're moving to a, a, a more distributed. Uh, uh, model whereby you know generation can be completely uh, uh, done at at any point in time and uh, and in any place basically and leveraging on on um, generation uh, 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 element that can be tied or that can be completely uh, off the grid. 
So in that journey, uh, we're very, very much at, uh, at, at the beginning, right? So I would say that uh, in South Africa and, and, and in the rest of the continent, uh, we're moving towards that shift. And, and that is the reason why you don't see, uh, you know, so much of those, uh, you know, uh, uh, solar panels or, you know, wind farms uh, that are disseminated. But what I can tell you is that the technology is here, ready and cost effective in order to accelerate that shift. Right. So what we advocate for from uh, from from an Eton perspective is that 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 move to distributed energy and renewable uh, uh, in, in in the broader sense is uh, cost effective um, uh, as we are now. It's um, much faster to implement. So speed is of the essence, but also it's modular. So it's easier for for anyone to scale uh, uh, from a, a country perspective, a utility perspective, a company perspective to scale when and, and if needed. So let me ask you, you talk about a micro grid. One mm-hmm. thing we know in South Africa is you know the word grid, we know the grid is down, we know the grid is overloaded, and we just understand that to be a national grid. In other words, there's a certain amount of power that goes to the whole grid, which is the whole country, and when certain sections of it get too overheated, then we get load shedding in certain areas. What is a micro grid, and how is that going to affect the macro grid, so to speak. Uh, very simply, um, a, a micro grid basically is a is a set of uh, uh, distributed energy sources that can operate in parallel or connected to the grid. So, um, if I give you an, an example, for instance, of the the factory that we have here in Whiteville, that is a micro grid. We have obviously the ESCOM power. We have some solar uh, panels. Uh, we have energy storage. And, uh, and a, a, gener- a, a genset, a traditional genset. And what, what we do is helping, uh, using uh, our, our software basically, uh, we pick and choose what energy to use or what source of energy to use at any point in time. So that, that's essentially a microgrid and it provides you many advantages, right? Um, you know, you can pick shave, right? So reduce the cost of, uh, of your, uh, your bill. Uh, you can do arbitrage. So, you know, when do you use, uh, you know, uh, solar power? When do you use uh, the grid? Uh, you can um, increase your uptime. So it's essentially when there is a load shading or, or uh, any uh, unplanned uh, maintenance on the grid, uh, you can still continue to operate, right? And you have other, uh, you know, uh, uh, potential ancillary services that can be provided when you think about a microgrid. So, Sandra, maybe you know, one of the criticisms of the the renewable renewables or the parallel energies is not only sustainability, but the constant supply thereof of power. Um, you know, we we I'm sitting in my office over here, and the only time I know there's load shedding is when the lights go off for a couple of seconds, and then they come back on, and anybody who's on a PC um, starts swearing in the most tremendous way. Those of us on laptops don't even know that it happened. Um, you know, the last thing that I think we would need as, as consumers, whether at home or at work or in factories or in industry, if you've got a smelter, you can't have downtime for four or five seconds while we have an arbitrage as to which power source we're going to use. I know I'm being facetious, but it's almost going to be like a hybrid car. Today, when you get in a, a hybrid car and you turn it on, whether it makes a noise or not, you actually don't know when it's switching between battery and engine. It just runs. <clears throat> Will we get to that stage? 
Well, we're already at that stage, and um, and uh, very clearly, uh, you, you highlighted one of the the biggest criticism to to renewables is uh, is the non dispatchability of of the of the the, the energy produced, um, and and this is why uh, storage uh, is is so important, um, and and in our view, you cannot really talk about renewable energy right now uh, uh, without uh, uh, talking about storage as well. Uh, in, in our case, uh, we use, uh, you, you have different technologies, but in our case, we use, uh, lithium ion, um, uh, as a, as a, as storage technology. And, and storage precisely provide you, uh, that flexibility, right? So, um, when at your home, uh, you have some, uh, some, some panels and, uh, and there is excess energy. Well, that excess energy is stored in order precisely to do that, you know, to bridge the gap or to to be used when you deem necessary and uh, and, uh, and in order for instance to reduce your cost do big shaving and and other uh, potential benefits so one of the solutions uh, to to the problem that you just highlighted is storage and uh, and this is a technology that is readily available you know the, the bottom line maybe just take a step back one thing i need to understand and I, and i'm hope i'm not showing my um, lack of knowledge in this area too greatly. But if I want to store water, if I've got a 100,000-liter dam, um, that's all I've got. If I put one liter in extra, it's going to go to waste. In electricity storage in a battery cell, you've only got so much capacity. When that capacity is reached, anything else you put in is wasted. Am I correct? Do I understand it correctly? The, the, the principle is correct, right? So you have a certain capacity, and uh, and definitely, you know, when when uh, the the battery is completely full, right? So you cannot add anymore. But but that's where as well, you know, uh, uh, another element is very important, and that's why you know software, you know, uh, are, are really important. You know, those storage capacities um, uh, in in conjunction with you know <clears throat> the renewable energy source or the grid. You know, are managed in a way to really learn about, you know, your habits. What are your necessities? How much energy are you using? And then there is a, 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 a it's basically artificial intelligence, right? Artificial intelligence and predictive, uh, uh capabilities, uh, that help manage, you know, how you use that storage capability. So it's about having a finite storage, but it's about managing the resource correctly. So that it's maximized its potential. Absolutely. <clears throat> one, the one thing that, um, you know, you hear around the dinner table, you hear in business circles is that there's a lot of money to be made in, re- in renewable energy. It just needs two things. It needs the government wherewithal and the government um, participation to say, yes, we are happy to participate with, with smaller suppliers. And number two, it needs the cost and the technology to align together so that the, there is a potential for it to be a business, a viable business model. I know you're coming from Eaton, which is an energy supplier company, but there's an engineer in 2020, almost 2021 in South Africa. Have all the stars almost aligned? Have we almost got government, technology, costing, everything in lines so that we're ready to push the button? Just a correction. We're uh, an energy management company, so we don't generate uh-huh. uh, energy. Uh, but, but to your point, I would say that um, you know, if I look at um, you know the, the legislation, 
I would say that there, there's been significant steps, uh, particularly in South Africa, that were made recently. You know, the one megawatt embedded generation, you know, so basically if you want to produce energy up to one megawatt, you don't need any license or authorization, just go ahead and do it. It's a major step, right? Um, <clears throat> the fact that uh, municipalities as well can source their own power, that's another step that is going in the, in the right direction. So I'd say that the legislation is going in the right direction execution could be a bit faster uh, because that's really needed uh, and, and that's important. From a technology perspective, um, you would hear that uh, particularly storage, um, you know, would be deemed to be expensive. But what you need to consider is that the cost of storage is, is going down very quickly. Over the last 10 years, the, the cost of storage has decreased by more than 80%. Wow. And, uh, and that is driven mainly by uh, the automotive industry, so the electrical vehicle. And as a matter of fact, we use uh, what we call second life, uh, second life batteries. Uh, there are <clears throat> batteries that were already on the road somewhere in the US or in Europe, but that we can use at a lesser cost and uh, re basically repurpose those batteries in the microgrids that we do. The last point, and, and that you didn't um, highlight, which is very important, is the financing. right? And there as well, we're seeing that you know not only development finance institution, but also commercial banks are, are, are enabling, you know, uh, the adoption of those, uh, of those, uh, uh, technologies. But if you ask me, uh, you'd better get, you know, uh, your bank to fund some, uh, storage rather than a car. It's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, is much, the return investment is much, much higher. So we're running out of time, unfortunately. Let me ask you as, as Africans, um, as residents of this, amazing continent. We know that those of us sitting at the bottom and maybe those right up at the north and a few scattered places in the middle are privileged to have consistent, reliable power source. The rest of Africa battles on an ongoing basis. If you had a magic wand, you had a seat in the UN with a portfolio, or you were the king of Africa being facetious, and you had to make sure that there wasn't a child that went to bed tonight without electricity so they could do work, or so that they could have uh, entertainment, so that they could have medical care, so that cities would function with, with, with traffic lights. What would you do? What would your drive be over the next five to ten years? Uh, Avi, I mean, that, that's a massive uh, ask. But w- what I would do is that I would, I would go ahead and, and have some kind of a Marshall Plan around investment of, you know, those distributed energy sources. You know, uh, I, I dream of a leapfrog around energy the same, the same way a leapfrog came, you know, from mobile phones. You know, put it out there, give energy to all those population, all those youth uh, that we have across the continent, and let's see what will happen. How are they going to create value? But energy is definitely an enabler today and is going to be a, a, a fundamental element in the development. Of- you know, my prayer and my wish is that leadership in South Africa, in Africa and in the world is, is you know, emulate certain countries like Singapore where it's selfless and it's so, and it's community serving and it's amazing what can be done. And um, Sally, before I say goodbye to you because you've literally got four minutes, 28 seconds left, Tell me a little bit about Eton, where it started, where it's based, and your function here in South Africa. All right. So um, Eton is a is a U.S. based uh, multinational. Uh, we have over 100,000 employees across the globe. 
Um, uh, I, um, it, it's, it's, an, it's an organization that uh, focuses on uh, uh, power on the one side, but also aerospace, vehicle, uh, and also hydraulics. So we really cater around, you know, uh, energy and, and motricity across, uh, across those different verticals. In Africa, we, um, uh, I basically look after, uh, the, the, the African continent, so except Egypt. Uh, we have, uh, manufacturing assets in, in, uh, in, uh, in South Africa, but also in, uh, in Morocco. And, uh, we're a proudly, uh, uh, BE level one organization. So really, you know, adopting and, uh, and supporting the transformation that needs to happen, you know, uh, in South Africa and in Africa with the local content and local manufacturing. Fantastic. Seru, thank you once again for coming on to take this opportunity to wish you and your family, you know, a safe and a, uh, and a pleasant and a festive uh, season coming up and uh, continue to be an asset to add to the value of South Africa, to the continent and, uh, you know, every bit of technology that comes in that's done correctly and efficiently just adds value to people's lives. So thank you for that and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you going forward. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Avi, and uh, wish you the same.